This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to Mercy Talk. I am one of your hosts, Melanie Wise, and I am joined by the lovely Brooke Keels and Rachel Thomas. What's up? Hey, guys. Hi. (laughs) I don't don't know. All right. Uh, (laughs) So in case you did not know, um, and maybe this is the first time you're joining us on Mercy Talk, but all of this month, we are diving into the topic of shame, which I don't think we've ever talked about like done a series on this on mercy talk i'm pretty sure which is crazy because when we talked about doing it i was like well surely we've done this before and i didn't find anything just because as we mentioned in our show last week which was kind of our foundational show for this series um you know we just were saying like this is such a kind of hot topic these days thank you Brene brown um for kind of bringing this topic to the forefront of a lot of people's minds. And so it's just interesting that we hadn't really ever dove into this. Um, But the resource that we have been using for this entire series is one that I don't know for sure how... Oh, you found out about it. I got it from Brooke. Yeah. Yeah. And I got it from Leslie in our... Uh, Monroe home. She's a counselor. Thank you, Leslie. Yes, thank you. I found out about this book from a counselor that we were seeing, my husband and I were, because they were like, "Uh, yeah, you need to read this. And I was like, what do you mean? We don't have shame issues. Oh, no. We got so many shame issues. And so we just uh, kind of laid the foundation for this last week. But, oh, yeah, I didn't actually say the title of the book. It's called (laughs) The Soul of Shame, uh, Retelling the Stories that We Believe About Ourselves by Dr. Kurt Thompson. Um, And, you know, last week, as I said, we kind of just laid some of the foundation here, but we really focused on how um, shame and our minds, our thought processes are so incredibly interlinked. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, even just how science has proven that and how science has also proven that we actually have a say about what you know, is going on in our minds and that whole process of renewing the mind and how important that is when we're talking about overcoming shame. And so we're just going to continue that discussion today. We're going to be diving into another really important piece of this conversation, which is storytelling. Yes. Yeah. Which may be like, what? How does that? (laughs) I don't know what we're talking about here now. That, that may sound like a little bit of a rabbit trail here, but I mean, if you even look at the, you know, subtitle of his book, it's retelling the stories that we believe about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as we, you know, kind of break some of this down, the pattern that shame leaves may become a little less mysterious and a little more predictable. If you're like, I don't understand how this operates in my life. I think maybe where we're going today will help you identify some of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, when you say that storytelling, I I don't think we think about us telling stories Mm -hmm. about ourselves, um, but that's what we do all the time. So I'm going to go full marriage therapist for a second. So everybody comes into the office, right? One person thinks they have experienced the truth of what happened. It's just fact. The other person experienced the truth of what happened. It's just fact. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. fun fact, neither of those things happened exactly Mm -hmm. how you thought. And what's also interesting is my experience of them sharing that with me involves another person, right? We exist in systems. We interact with one another. 
everyone's experience of the other affects the other. Um, and so it's important to say like, but we retell stories, right? So you, yeah. when you relive a moment, yep. you know, and, and Gosh. we can go as far as like trauma and PTSD, right? And it doesn't mean that something awful didn't happen, right? Sure. We, we like to say, um, you know, well, if it's a story, like it's not true. No, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, a, you know, a biography is a story of your life or whatever sure. it is. But we think about uh, scenarios we've been in or interactions we've had. And that is, I mean, we are a storytelling culture. You know, we, we learn from metaphor and analogy, like that is, you know, what people do. And Mm -hmm. I think that's really how the Lord created us. So you Mm -hmm. can get deeper levels, you know, think about the Bible, right? When he uses the parables and how, you know, uh, I think I said this other day, you know, I've read the prodigal son thousands of times and each time I'm like, Oh, that's different, you know, or that was for this time or, Mm -hmm. you know, based off this experience. And so storytelling is very much a part of our lives. It does not mean that it is fake, but it does mean that it is how you viewed it and it is your experience Mm -hmm. and it is real to you. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that everybody else saw it that way or experienced it that way. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? And so, um, you know, but the thing is, is that our relationships and we touched on this last time, Mm -hmm. our relationships affect how our brain develops, our experience affects how our brain develops, how we, um, you know, attached to others. I know we, I don't remember what podcast we talked about that, but just kind of getting into attachment. Mm -hmm. There's ways that you have learned, you know, based off your childhood, how do you attach with people? We have attachment styles. You can Google that and figure out which one you are. (laughs) Don't spend too much time on it. It's just a good FYI. Um, (laughs) Unless you have some specific attachment issues. And then there are people that can help Mm -hmm. work with you on that Mm -hmm. side Mm -hmm. note. Um, We're just always referring people to counselors (laughs) on here. Yeah. And it's, it's the right move. Um, You know, but it also, helps us develop our storytelling tendencies, right? So if you grew up in a healthy home, your stories are going to tend to be healthier, Mm -hmm. right? If you grew up in tough situations or maybe, you know, one uh, really impactful moment. I know, Melanie, you've talked about, you know, at Empower before, like your experience with that bully, right? Mm -hmm. That that then kind of informed how you viewed other things and that story of her bullying you. Now you look back and you're like, I was like eight feet taller than her. Why? (laughs) Like, why was this even? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so it's just interesting. Um, but it does. That's how that's kind of what we tell ourselves. It does connect with our brain, how our brain develops. And we talked about how quickly, right, the brain wants to be efficient. Mm-hmm. So if the story you tell about yourself is I'm worthless based off of your experiences or whatever, then your brain immediately is going there. Mm-hmm. And so that's when mm-hmm. we talked about renewing the mind and shifting that thinking. But also for the good, you know, the good stuff. Man, I'm like really loved. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really cared for, yeah. you know, or it goes into I can't get anything right. So mm. Yeah, no, that's good. And I think that's what's been so fascinating um, about this portion of shame. And like you said, it's not like we're sitting around telling ourselves audible stories. You know, it's not like one day, da, 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 da. But it's that so much of this is happening subconsciously. You know, so much of it is is what I'm paying attention to and believing about my life, whether it's rooted in truth or not. So like you mm-hmm. said, you can have two people coming in and if they're not believing, it's not rooted in truth, it's like, well, actually... That that's not true, you know, but you can still be, ba- it just blows my mind that you could base your life off of something and you believe it to be true, but it's actually not. Yeah. And it's scary because yeah. I, I've done it and yeah, I, you know, keeps, keeps like, the marriage therapist ah. in business over <laughs> it's, there. Yeah. It's like, what in the yeah. world? Yeah. And so anyways, in the book, he talks about that, um, as humans, we long for our stories to be 
about beauty and joy and goodness uh, and about, you know, who we were made to be and who we are, because that's what God originally intended. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And so God's intent for creation, you know, was good and beauty and for a future. And so when you start thinking of it that way, it makes sense that, oh, yeah, of course, shame would want to tell its own narrative to disrupt what God is doing. Right. Because he told us who we are. Yeah. I mean, that's why he did that, you know, so. Which is funny because I even think about like the story of Adam and Eve and I'm like, they never actually just said, wait a minute. Yes. God, what do you think about that? Like they never actually went to him. They just listened to the enemy and they're like, oh, I think that's right. You know, just funny, like in just such a picture of what we so often do ourselves. We receive those messages from other people and in those relationships in our lives. And we're like, oh, well, I guess that's what's true. We never actually go, wait a minute. There's a word there. I mean, it's exactly what we all do. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that's a good point just about how shame at the end of the day, its intent is to disrupt God's story, which as you said, is good and beautiful. And it's for, it's for our good. I mean, Jeremiah 29, 11 is one of our most foundational scriptures around here at mercy. It's like, God has good plans to bring life for you. Um, and the enemy also has a story that he's trying to feed you about your life. And, and that's why he uses shame to disrupt that story and to tell you a different story, not just about who you are, but also about who God is. And so he's wanting to distort and twist those stories. And so it's crazy and terrifying now that I have a baby to think about how from literally the time that we are born, we start putting together these messages and these verbal and nonverbal cues from the people around us to start informing our stories I can't think about it too hard I because no, no, I really I do either. actually freak out. I'm like, Lord, thank you for covering me and my child. Yes. Um, but truly, I mean, it's just it's just crazy that that's it starts from the earliest, earliest days. And yeah. we we really are trying to make sense of the world around us. And we're doing that within the context of relationship. And yeah. so it's this combination of emotions, of thoughts, of feelings, of behaviors. It's all of these combinations of things that are playing a role in how we tell our stories and how we tell the story about us and who we are. Um, And, you know, I I think sometimes it's just easy for people to say, I don't think I do that Mm. because you're not conscious of it. So much of this is happening way, way under the surface. Mm -hmm. I mean, even Brooke, when you were talking about like, you know, like, a marriage therapist is listening uh-huh. to this. And I mean, how many times have I entered a situation and I'm like, okay, you aren't seeing this clearly. Right. This is what <laughs> happened. If you could just see more clearly. Right. And I'm like, I do that all the time. And I absolutely assume that oh. the story that I'm telling about a situation, like, don't tell me that's not what happened. I was right. there. That's yeah. exactly what happened. It's right. crazy mm-hmm. how you absolutely assume that your story is accurate and right on. Right. And that's where it can get us in big time trouble when you're talking about the story that you're telling about your life because you assume that the story you're telling is the true one and you're not aware of how many people and outside influences have played a part in that story and how the enemy has played a Mm -hmm. part in trying to inform you of your story of things that are just not true and that are not accurate and so you know when you start diving into some of the things that we dive into a lot um especially in our residential program. But if you've gone to counseling, if you've done some of that self-work, you start looking at mother and father wounds. You start looking at generational patterns, generational, you know, sins within your family, secrets. When you start looking at all that stuff, you're like, whoa, okay. (laughs) All of that has informed 
my story and informed the story that I tell myself every day about who I am. Yeah. So it's a, it's a little Jesus overwhelming. We're just all like, all. okay. Yes. Well, Great. to freak you out so a little please, bit more. Please do. Please do. Go for it, Brooke. So a couple of things here. You were talking about, you know, obviously, yes. The second that I found out I was going to be a parent because I was like, I'm not, I'm just not having kids. Like I should not do that. Um, you know, it was just terrifying. But so to freak you out even more, what we now have learned is that things that happen even in utero and we're not even talking about, I know, fun fact, uh, we're not, you know, and it, of course, nutrition and all of that is really important, but it's also trauma that's happening outside the mom's stress levels, um, the mom's attachment to the baby while she's pregnant with the baby. Um, I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into it. And also now we're looking at epigenetics, which means, um, tell me what, what is, I know, look, this is again, the Brooke version of this. So go like, yeah, you can go get a JAMA and figure that out. But, (laughs) but, um, you know, epigenetics is basically that genetics from, you know, multi-generations out are affecting what comes down. So, you know, if, um, you know, great grandmother was a massive drug user that can affect genetic development, you know, wow. um, all the way down. But here's the thing. Do you know what that tells me? And I know that we can freak out about it, but yeah. what that says is that's why the Lord taught us about generational patterns mm-hmm. and breaking curses mm-hmm. and why that's Christ it. breaks all curses yep. yeah, and why amen. the blessings go to the thousands, right? Yeah. Generations yep. to that. Yep. And the curses were to the what third and fourth. I mm-hmm. think it is, you know, don't mm-hmm. look. Mm-hmm. I can't do geography or quote the Bible without it in front of me. It's, <laughs> that's it. So that's why I married Scott. He's got, he knows where Georgia is and he knows the Bible. That's important. Verbatim. Um, and so, Georgia. yeah, but I know about epigenetics. Yeah. That's fun. Uh, so anyway, um, nobody cares about it. It's fine. Uh, but just to circle back on that, like all that does for me is prove like, this is why the Lord talked about it. Right. He's like, cause what we have taken for granted, I think if you've grown up in the church is like, like, yeah, oh yeah, renew your mind or, mm-hmm. oh yeah, generational patterns or curses or whatever, yeah. you know, but it does, it goes beyond those that you've lived with. It's the stories that have been told through your whole family, right. right? How, you know, the beliefs about people you've never even met that, you know, well, this person did that and that's, so you're kind of like them or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. these stories that we form, yeah. you know, and so, and it gets in, of course, specifically mother and father woundings, um, you know, and that's, that plays a huge piece, right? Mm-hmm. How you grew up in your immediate family is a huge piece of how you see the world, how you experience the world. Um, you know, and like I said, I mean, your narrative really starts mm-hmm. generations before. Yeah. I have experienced so much healing and so much freedom during my time at Mercy. I have to say that it was Holy Spirit. Um, getting to know Holy Spirit was the best thing that I've ever could have done. Without that connection and without knowing him and getting to know him how I was able to at that time, I would not have been able to get through it. I know that he was there with me, um, that he was working through his staff and even just the atmosphere of the home um, and how they're physically kept. Every single detail um, which is allowing me to encounter Holy Spirit in new ways. Mercy Multiplied is a free of charge residential program and we want to help. Please visit mercymultiplied.com today for more information. And remember, there is no problem too big or too small for God. Okay, if I'm a listener, yeah, I am listening to you right now. Uh-huh. Like, and I'm thinking, whoa, okay, if all that's true, 
and we're talking about shame and shame in my life. Like, so what? What yeah. do I do with that? Okay. For my own journey. Yeah. Let me tell you a couple things. One of the things that I see that is the most difficult for people is we really want to hold on to facts. Kind of going back to what you said, right? Yeah. No, I was there. I mm-hmm. saw what happened. I'm a reliable narrator, right? Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you aren't, but it's with the understanding that it's always viewed through your lens. Right. Okay. Um, but one of the things that people have the most difficult time with when they come to counseling or when they start dealing with stuff with the Lord is that when you start blowing up their truth, mm. We all of a sudden can kind of have a lot of shame about, (laughs) wait, but I believe that and everything I based everything on in my life was out of that belief system. And now you're telling me everything I believed was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And are you saying that I am crazy? Right. Right. Because you're not crazy, but yes, you were wrong. And that's okay. You know, because that's what you have. And, you know, uh, we talk about this a lot in counseling, but, you know, I can't, I can't hold 18 year old Brooke to the standard of 30, whatever year old Brooke. I literally forget how old. I am. I was like, were you just trying to Still 30s. Nope. Still 30s. 37. 37. That's it. So, you know, I can't hold what 18 year old Brooke to what 37 year old Brooke knows. Mm -hmm. Like, and so a lot of times we try and do that, you know, and so as a counselor, I spend a lot of time or, you know, and we do this in the home too, of working through like what you believe to be true. People really don't want to let that go because that seems safe. Mm -hmm. At least this was a fact, right? Mm -hmm. At least this was quote unquote real. And when you start telling people, things aren't real. So I think yeah. one piece is to just be open so that the Lord can heal that fear yeah. Yeah. that what's on the other side of being willing to consider that maybe mm-hmm. this was how I viewed it. Maybe mm-hmm. there is actually some good or maybe, you know, this wasn't correct. And I've been living my life in this belief system that that that's a it's a, it's a slow burn, you yeah. know, for yeah. a minute. But then when you get on the other mm-hmm. side of it, the freedom that comes that, yeah. you know, your eyes being opened is so worth it. And the other thing I want to say is this is going into generational patterns that does not mean and there are some people that teach this and so I'm going to give you my opinion very strongly do not go try and find out what 17th generation person was a mason and start praying that stuff off the Lord does not need you to do that okay what it does mean though is that you can go pray through Lord is there anything I need to know about is there anything that you know um, am I do I have a belief system that I have adopted that is not yours Mm -hmm. that's all that matters I don't care if it was your great great somebody on a Mayflower somewhere like it does Sure. There was more than one Mayflower. No, I'm just kidding. Just one. We know what you mean. Also history. Uh, no, yeah, you're history, uh, geography. We're out Brooks Lane. What? Yes. Oh my gosh. So, but does that make sense? Like, don't, yeah. don't go do that That's because good. I am married to someone who tried to go down that and he realized the Lord told him very quickly, you'll never get there because yeah. they were all messed up yeah. because yeah. only I redeem, Man. only I will make whole. So I'll tell you right. that, yeah. but it's just being willing to go, is my narrative maybe not matching your narrative? Yeah. yeah That's man. so right? good. And it doesn't so, matter how far it nope. goes back and how many people it involves. Yeah. We're dealing with today and today, today yeah. the Lord breaks the curse and That's today, yeah. like you get to tap into your spiritual bloodline, you know, like that's, I think that's so, so important. That's good. No, man, that's so, so, so good. Um, my mind is kind of being blown. (laughs) Like this is just so much to take in, in the best way, like thinking of the things in my life that maybe I have always, uh, assumed were true and have really wrestled with anxiety because I thought that was my, lot in life or I thought that's Hmm. who I was and then going, wait a minute, maybe what I believed about that actually wasn't true in the first place. Mm -hmm. So this is a game changer. 
I mean, truly like to look back and go, Oh my gosh, maybe that actually was not from the Lord. That was actually not what he was saying. That was the enemy or it was another well-intended person out of their own brokenness spoke that. And that wasn't true. Um, and I just, I don't know. I'm like going back to the most elementary statement of like, God is the source of all truth, Mm -hmm. not just like the truth from the Bible, the truth of what's right and wrong or the truth of what happened back when, like the truth about who you are, the truth Mm -hmm. about your story is only found in him. He Mm -hmm. is the source of all of it. And so I just think, I mean, if you're going like, well, if that's not true, then how do I know what is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's go to him. Like yeah. let's let's yeah. let's talk about what that looks like. You know. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just like remembering if if I, if what I believe isn't true, then I don't even know where to find. Yeah, you do. Yeah, like you know him. It's, yes. it's going to be a journey that you're going to go on with the Lord of like, yes. okay, I'm going to need you to reveal. That's right. What's actually true. That's right. So. That's so good. That's so good. So on that same note, we're going to talk about another piece of um, just the way we develop our stories and the part of why we may struggle with what we believe to be true and what we don't believe to be true. And that has to do with listening and, and stay with me here. Cause once, and I say we, and I mean, Brooke breaks this down. <laughs> it's going to be, I think it's you're it. Yeah. It's going to make so much more sense. But this idea of listening, um, is because active listening is incredibly important to the way, um, we form our stories and our, in our minds. Uh, we tell our stories, obviously like to ourselves subconsciously or whether we realize it or not, but also we form our stories by the way they're received from others. And that's how Hmm. we can also receive a lot of healing. And you're like, okay, well, what do you mean? So here's just a little example that our friend Leslie gave us over the Monroe home. I thought this was so helpful. Um, think about, have you ever found yourself, let's just use, you know, like someone telling another person that their dog has died. So the person gets to the end of the sad story about their grief over losing the dog. And then you reply with either your own story or some variation or conversation that without meaning to it minimizes the weight of what they just shared. Mm -hmm. And so then that changes the whole context and the intention of the conversation um, that doesn't assist them in working through their grief. But instead what it does is it reinforces a shame message that you may not have intended to feed at all. What it leaves them feeling with is I'm so stupid. It's just a dog. She probably thinks I'm weak. I way overreacted. I shouldn't have said anything. Um, and that isn't, again, what you you said. It wasn't your intent. Um, but unknowingly, um, and most likely unintentionally, we have disrupted the connection that might have been there if we would have listened and empathized and validated their grief. And so Kurt says this in his book, in this way, shame is a shared process whose mission is to disrupt the connection between people. Hmm. And then I immediately was convicted about all of the times oh, my word. I have actively not listened instead of actively listened because I've been formulating, oh man, what am I going to say? Or, oh yeah, that's nice. Da, 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 here's my thing. And I have probably cut at the knees people who have been looking for connection. connection. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Well, me. I mean, we did podcasts on that. You know what yeah, I mean? That was yeah, yeah, how yeah. do we respond? I think that is, but again, it goes like, yes, be convicted. I'm not saying, you sure, know, I mean, sure, sure. feel bad. No, feel, don't feel bad. <laughs> All the shame. But the thing is, 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 you know, out of conviction comes like, help me be more aware, yes. Lord, in these moments. Yes. Like, help us just be present. That's right. You know, because if you're present with somebody, you're not being like, oh my gosh, my dog died too. And that, you know what I mean? And it's funny you mentioned that because um, somebody I know, her dog passed away. And I was like, 
I'm so sorry. But I could tell she was embarrassed about it. Oh. And I was like, hey, man, like I cried for three months yeah. <laughs> every day yeah. when my dog passed away. And she she was, you know, just amazing professional woman. And she was like later, just thank you so much mm-hmm. for like just yeah. telling me, you know. And so I'm saying this just because you brought that up. But there yeah. is just a place of being like hey, it's it's fine, yeah. right? But I just happened to, in a moment, because I'm not always present. I'm not, all, I'm not really great at that sometimes. You know, but I just was like, oh, like I'm picking up that she feels bad, that she feels bad. Yeah, right. yeah. And usually that's what people are conveying, you yeah. know? And so, but it's also just, we exist and sometimes you're going to, cut somebody off at the knees. That's why it is our personal responsibility mm. to deal with ourselves with the Lord mm. and that our validation comes from him because everybody around you is never going to respond the way that you need them to. Mm-hmm. That's true. They're not, mm-hmm. you know? That's so true. I think that there is a level of like us, you know, just be a good, be present, consider mm-hmm. sure. what somebody's saying, what are they kind of really wanting yeah. or needing, you know, sure. in that moment, be prayerful. But on the other hand, like take some pressure off, that's that yeah. you can't be perfect enough for everybody to go deal. And sure. if their shame thoughts are so strong, it doesn't really matter what you say anyway. So yeah. there's a level of personal responsibility. I mean, for yourself. Yes. Right. Just throwing that out. But, yeah. you know, I, I do love this <laughs> well, idea good. of just like, this is a way that we can love people really well. Yes, yeah. that's And, good. you know, the example that I often have shared about it, uh, Empower is just, you know, when we lost a baby a few years ago and how many people, right. you know, did the whole like... But without even letting me share my story, they're like, I heard, I get it, I get it. We had, we went through the same thing, and I remember feeling this, and I remember this, and I remember that, and I remember that. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, right. you are literally not even right. letting me share my own story. Yes. So, but guys, this is how quickly, like, I've told that story how many times at How Many Empowers? A lot. Yeah. I talk about this all the time. Yeah. Not doing that. Don't do that to people. Don't do that to people. I'm telling you, a few weeks ago, there was someone that I got connected with that I knew that I knew pretty well who had just lost a baby. And she was like, I would love to talk. I'd just love to, you know, like, yeah. get yeah. together or whatever. I'm like, absolutely, you know. We're sitting there, and I'm like, Melanie, don't <laughs> do it. Don't. I understand. <laughs> Brooke's coming for me. <laughs> Everybody who's ever been to Empower That's is coming right. for me right now. That's They're all right. watching me. But we heard you say it. But seriously, like I, and here's my tendency in this situation, and I bet everybody has their own unique tendencies because here's the Enneagram one and me coming out. I'm going to, I'm going to help you Mm. through this. So, okay, get it out or whatever. Okay. So now here's what you can do, you know, (laughs) and I'm like, don't do it, Melanie, stop doing it. And it's like coming out and I can't stop it. Like don't, but there's that part of me that just wants to help. I do this to my husband all the time. I'm like, okay, get through the story. Hurry, get through the story. Yeah. Get through the story. The story. I got to tell you some yeah. things that you can do that'll make this better. Yeah. That will help, you we'll know, fix it. Yeah. And then you don't have to bother me with how bad. Right. Cause feel. I don't want to go super annoying. Let's just get through it. Super <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, seriously, that's what it is. Yeah. But know? what yeah. got lost in all those scenarios is connection. Yeah. And like, what a loss, like Mm. what a loss. Mm. And so I am very convicted by that Mm. today. And I would, I think that's a great practical takeaway that we can encourage you with as you go today is let's just practice this with each other. Why don't sometime over this next week, you practice listening all in to a family member, a friend, whoever, coworker, whoever's telling you some sort of story about something that happened or being vulnerable with you, especially in that scenario. But like 
focus on the words coming out of their mouth. Do not think for a second thought about what am I going to say? What am yeah. I going to say? What am yeah. I going to say? Right. What can I say? What can I say? No, just engage, listen, and just see what happens. Yeah. Just see yeah. what happens in that scenario. Because I am personally like, how much connection have I lost throughout my life? Because I'm always like, I'm going to help them. I'm going to help. I'm yeah. going to help, you know? So anyway, just and, a And if you're challenge. a helper too, I mean, I'll say that because I fail miserably with Scott, right? Is that, you know, every day somebody's like, what do you think? Help me fix this, do that sort of thing. And then you're supposed to go home and keep your mouth shut, <laughs> which is not a gift that I have anyway. And so, but really like, that's it. I have to yeah. literally go, I'm just listening. I'm just listening. Stop talking. Stop talking. Stop talking. Yeah, <laughs> you're just, sure. you know, hold sure. it because you're right. That is where the connection comes in is just letting somebody yes. say their piece yes. and just being like, that sounds really hard, you know, yeah. or whatever. So, yeah. um, and so, you know, I know we're wrapping this up, but one thing that's worth mentioning is, um, you know, practice makes permanent, um, which is, you know, always my basketball coaches thing in my head. Yeah. It doesn't make perfect. It that's makes right. permanent. So yeah. you better, you know, have fundamentals and do this right. Um, and it kind of goes the same way here. We've, we talked about neuroplasticity, meaning, you know, your brain wants to get there the quickest way. So if you've taught it, you know, if you've trained it to go one way, it's going to go there quickly. So, but it is neuroplasticity means the ability to change, right? That's mm. why as we change our behaviors, as we, you know, renew our mind and we shift our thoughts that your brain is going to then make a very quick pathway over to the good stuff, mm. right? So basically what that means is as you shift what you're saying, what you're telling yourself, you know, in listening to others in shifting the stories that you tell about yourself, your willingness to, you know, take in what the Lord has to say about you, you know, that is what's going to make permanent, right? That's mm. what's, what is going to have, um, rewire your brain basically to shift to the story that is healthy, that is right, that is true. Mm -hmm. Um, and so anyway, it just goes, that's why, you know, God spoke that narrative over us. That's why he tells us who we are. That's why he says, renew the mind and how important that is. Um, and why it's so critical. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's a lot of stuff guys. Well, I think, um, in hearing that too, and just thinking about what we talked about at the beginning and the other takeaway that I would say, first of all, practice like all in listening to someone this week and just see what happens. Um, The other thing would just be maybe start that process of like, Lord, what is the story? Mm -hmm. What are the stories that I've told about myself or that maybe I haven't even been aware of? And what is your truth over those things? Like it it starts with awareness. You can't get anywhere until we're aware of what those things are. And he's really, really good and really, really faithful at revealing those things when we ask and when we start diving into that with him. And so he's very intimately aware of the stories that you have told (laughs) about yourself and to yourself. And so, um, asking him to bring things to light, um, and, and sticking with it. Don't just ask once. Keep asking. And he's going to be really faithful at doing that in his like perfect timing, knowing what you can handle and when you can yeah. handle it. Um, and so I just encourage you to to do those things this week um, as just practical things to take away. Guys, we're only halfway through this series. I feel like we have covered a lot of ground. Um, yes. <laughs> we still got more, y'all. Um, and so we hope that you will join us um, over these next couple of weeks as we continue this series on shame. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com.